Welcome to the AM Global Podcast Series addressing business concerns we face today. In this podcast, we will explore the emerging trends in the pharmacy and PBM ecosystem and how the various healthcare marketplace stakeholders are adapting to address them. Welcome. In this podcast, we explore the emerging trends in the pharmacy and PBM ecosystem. I'm Michael Niarcos, a managing director in the healthcare industry group at Alvarez and Marsal, leading our pharmacy and PBM service offering. I've spent a significant portion of my career in the pharmacy ecosystem, helping organizations adapt to and transform their businesses to meet emerging challenges. Over the past decade, the PBM marketplace has continued to evolve. We've seen the consolidation of PBMs into large-scaled organizations, the vertical integration of business models, and a drive towards new operating structures and partnerships that support lower drug and administrative costs. Evolving thinking on the management of the pharmacy benefit, including competition from new models, is creating a wave of reconsideration by purchasers of pharmacy benefits. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Zato, Vice President and Director of Pharmacy Solutions at Lockton Companies. Ryan and I will cover the evolving nature of the employer pharmacy benefit and how organizations are revising their strategies in an attempt to improve outcomes and manage costs. Ryan has 10 years of pharmacy benefit management experience spanning across PBM, health plans, and consulting. In his role at Lockton, Ryan provides employer and plan sponsor clients comprehensive pharmacy consulting services. Ryan has a doctor of pharmacy from Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences and an MBA from the University of Missouri at St. Louis. Welcome, Ryan. So, Ryan, uh, to start us off, how has employer options to get pharmacy benefits changed in the last few years? That's a, it's a great start-off question. And really, you mentioned it well when you talked about market consolidation. Um, over the last uh, couple of years, we've seen a, a massive change. And so when I'm talking to clients and, and plan sponsors and employers, I really try to simplify and really say they have two separate options. And really, one of the options, they have a couple of flavors. Um, the first being carbon, obviously buying their pharmacy through their medical vendor. Um, the, the market consolidation has led to an increase in carbon for certain size clients just because of the increased leverage um, some of these health plans have had through, through that consolidation and, and enhanced um, contracts they have with their PBM partners. Um, and, and what I will say is that pharmacy is just one component of the healthcare spend. Um, so they have the ability to leverage, leverage that for their overall um, competitive offering, especially when they're going up against the second option for, for clients, which is carve-out. Um, there's a couple different flavors, so they can carve out directly to a PBM, or they can go through a, a coalition or a group purchasing organization. Um, so really, there's, there's a bunch of different options for, for clients, and in, in, in the consolidation has really changed um, the, the players in the space. Interesting. So the, as the market is changing, how is it shaping competition for the design of pharmacy benefits? Really, the competition is based on price, uh, but also what we're seeing a lot now is a lot of the clinical program offerings are, are becoming very innovative and very new just because of those increased costs on, on, in drugs. Um, there's an increased opportunity for our small, smaller clients who in the past may have not had access to these clinical programs, um, but they have the ability to take advantage of, of the programs and the enhanced member engagement um, tools that are being put forth by these PBMs. So, what we're seeing is is a lot more um, uh, innovative programs coming out to drive down the costs. And also, 
uh, at the same time, a greater adoption of the exclusionary-based formularies that are put out by, by the PBMs. We're seeing a lot of, um, you know, the big three, Express Scripts, CDS, and Optum, um, their versions of their formularies being used across the market, whether it's at, through, through them or directly or through the health plans that contract with them, um, just because of the value those formularies provide. Perfect. You know, over the last several years, right, drug benefit trend costs have you know, continued to be an important focus, and every uh, PBM publishes their drug benefit uh, trends. What trends do you see and how employers are trying to address that in pharmacy benefits? Employers are absolutely feeling the pressure uh, due to those increasing costs. Um, and so what we're advising our clients is really – it first and foremost, evaluate the current PBM arrangement. Are they the right partner? Is your contract competitive? Um, do, you, do you potentially market your, your pharmacy benefit um, contract and identify a new partner or just renegotiate with where you are today? Um, if they don't want to market or, or they're happy with their vendor or they have a very competitive pricing um, in their contract, how can they best optimize it through the programs that are available? Um, we'll talk a little bit about the specialty programs. Um, you know, there's variable copay options. There's Save on SP through Express Scripts. There's Prudent RX through CDS. Um, there's other types of options out there to to try to control some of those specialty costs. Um, there's also the 90-day programs, looking at retail, um, obtaining 90 days through retail instead of going through mail, although that's a little bit different in, in these days with COVID. Um, and then also looking more at narrow um, exclusionary-based formularies where they can control costs while staying with the same partner. That's great. You know, one of the things we've noted is that, um, especially this year, right, we've seen an emergence of alternative pharmacy benefit pricing models. Yeah, can you explain to everybody what's meant generally by uh, these type of pricing models and, and how they're influencing the marketplace? The the traditional benchmark, the traditional bench or pricing benchmark used in the industry was AWP or average wholesale price. That's what that all the pharmacy contracts are, are typically based on um, for, for PBM contracts. What we're seeing is that existing and even some new startup emerging PBMs um, are looking at using what's called NADAC pricing. Um, NADAC is stands for National Average Drug Acquisition Cost, and it's utilized and managed by CMS. Um, for for some of the government-sponsored business that's out there. But really what NADAC is is a national survey of, of retail pharmacies of their acquisition costs. And so this is a, a pass-through model um, that's fully auditable just because those that, that NADAC pricing is publicly available out on the CMS website. Uh, but it's changing the way that, that both pharmacies are reimbursed um, and, and also the way plans are paying for, the, for their pharmacy costs. Um, there are, so since... The PBMs are reimbursing the pharmacy based on NADAC. There are high dispensing fees because obviously pharmacy is a business and, and those retail pharmacies um, need to, to make revenue. Um, so we are seeing where, you know, with the acquisition cost model, there's a higher dispensing fee, potentially a higher administration fee. Um, and then overall, I think just emerging back through, it's, it's a very cyclical industry. And so we're seeing transparent contracts coming back into the light where employers really want to evaluate both the, the traditional model, a spread model, and then also um, pass-through or transparent type contracts. Yeah. So as these models start entering into the, especially the employer pharmacy benefit discussion, you know, how do you think they're they're impacting the marketplace? 
I think everybody's trying to be a disruptor in the industry. I think these models are are, are like that. Um, they are they are changing the norm. I think they're challenging the norm of the traditional AWP model, um, just because that model may not be the most efficient. Um, and so I think with the increased scrutiny um, on PBMs, you see a lot of the states across the nation, um, the attorney generals are going after the PBMs and, and sanctioning studies to understand their practices. And so uh, I think our clients and, and plan sponsors are, are really taking a look at that and saying, okay, what does my pharmacy contract look like? You know, is there transparency in my contract? And so I think they're acting as a little bit of a disruptor because they're offering that true transparency were they able to go out to a website and look at what, what the pharmacy is being reimbursed for that drug. These, these models, they're also doing a lot of direct-to-client sales efforts, so that's a little bit change where typically in the past the PBMs would be more of a, uh, a B2B type of business where now PBMs going directly to, to the buyer. And then, you know, it, it, one thing to be determined is that with this increased transparency, will it ultimately lower the costs? And I think that's still a question many of us have and clients especially are asking that is, you know, I'm going to get transparency, but am I ultimately going to get the lower cost? And that's truly what everybody is looking for today is, is lower those costs as much as possible. These models are part of or have to operate within an existing um, sales process. And I was curious how employers and particularly their consultants like you are incorporating these models into the evaluation and selection process for, for PBM contracts. I think employers are absolutely interested in alternative options if the pricing makes sense. Um, many of our clients have asked to see both the transparent um, as, as in this new NADAC model as well as traditional. And really to show that we'll have to update the pricing tools and our models to give them the best analysis so that they can make the most informed decision. At the end of the day, we try to provide an apples to apples comparison of the options so that our clients have the ability to really take a look, take a step back and look at what's the best option for them um, and make an informed decision based on our analysis. Perfect. You know, I think these alternative models are got to be in the top 10 list of any trend for this year. How do you see the market for these models continuing to evolve in the next couple of years? I think with, with, with the PBM industry, it's a lot of slow uptick. Um, I think there will be slow uptick a little bit with this as, as clients, as, as employers and consultants um, enhance their ability to evaluate. And then also as the proof of concept occurs, um, I think, you know, obviously people need to see the long-term feasibility of this model and whether or not it will truly lower costs um, for them. And so I think, there will be some early adopters. We've had um, clients interested in this model. And as you get more adopters, you can um, have that as a good case study, um, as a good model to see how it's performing um, and if it's truly going to be a, the best fit for, for uh, a buyer. Perfect. Uh, I think transitioning to the other main topic of the year, COVID, you know, I was curious what impact COVID has had on the pharmacy benefit life cycle and for you and your clients in the past year? I would say overall, we've had a lot of clients delay um, either evaluating a new PBM option or um, even delaying implementation of, of changes to their benefit design. Um, could be changing formularies. It could be, um, you know, other cost-cutting type of maneuvers. We've seen them delay those. Um, there are some um, employers who have obviously felt the, the financial crunch that COVID has brought on their organization and they need to cut costs now. So we have had some who are making changes. Um, but at the end of the day, one thing that has held true is that 
Um, employers are very sensitive to disruption during this time. They don't want to greatly impact people's ability to take the medications that they need. Um, so again, going back to the formulary, you know, we've had a lot of grandfathering conversations and, you know, delayed um, input and implementation just because they don't want to disrupt members in any way, just because of the, the hard times that many are going through today. So um, I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of a delay, but at the same time, they still are looking for ways to save money. Yeah. As, you, as we enter 2021, you know, we're, we're still going to have COVID for at least a few more months and working working through the vaccine process. You know, how do you think the next year uh, or the next few years will play out um, in a post-COVID environment? Yeah, with the, with the approval of the vaccines, and there should be another approval soon as the vaccine, vaccines continue to hit the market and be more broadly available, um, I really don't think that the COVID will have an impact on the PBM marketplace for in 2021. And that's just because I think so many delayed their decision this year um, or delayed a move that next year they'll they'll truly be feeling the financial crunch that happened during 2020 um, and will want to get back to that strategy of, of what they had designed before. So I think that um, I don't think it will be abnormally, um, you know, uh, as far as an, an abnormal year as far as movement, but I would say that that employers will be looking at ways to save money um, and get back to their their overall benefit strategy. And a lot of times that involves um, making changes to the pharmacy benefit just because it's it's the one the area that's seeing the most increase in costs. Yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, Ryan, last question: What advice would you have to employers or other purchasers of pharmacy benefits as they forecast forward? First and foremost, I would say um, ensure they have an expert advisor to help guide them through um, the, the challenging and the, the uh, very confusing pharmacy benefit um, contract and, and, and overall environment. I think um, it's very important to have a, a knowledgeable expert by your side monitoring utilization, um, providing ongoing recommendations, and, and really, the pharmacy marketplace is so dynamic that these changes are happening annually. Um, so we have clients locked in that are wanting to review the competitiveness of their pharmacy contract every year and potentially evaluating a move. Um, and so really having a strong advisor that can be, um, be able to support that and be able to provide recommendations to ensure members still have access to the right drugs at the right price. Um, and then ultimately, one of the other most important things I would say is that um, hold the PBM accountable. I think auditing um, is extremely important in making sure that all contractual guarantees are met. Um, and so, the, you know, as you're as you're evaluating the the options in the market, um, making sure that you're putting yourself in the best contract, but also auditing that contract each and every year. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us today and for your insights into this dynamic marketplace. It is always helpful having someone who lives and breathes the pharmacy benefit ecosystem every day to talk to us. Uh, we'll be watching closely the evolution of the pharmacy benefits, including the adoption of transparent models over the coming months and years. For everyone else, for more insights into pharmacy, including the implications to health plans, managed care organizations, and PBMs, please visit our website at www.alvarezandmarsal.com. Once again, I'm Michael Niarcos, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Alvarez and Marcel. Leadership. Action. Results.